0: Okay, let's turn to John chapter 14. We've been looking at Romans 8, but let's go to John 14 first. John chapter 14 and verse 15. John fourteen fifteen. Last time we ended up with the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all abide within us. And so, if we were thinking of that, I, yesterday in the parade route, there was a a girl that I do not even know what she was screaming, but she saw her float and we were sitting toward the back, my wife and I, and and she decided to come right up, and maybe she was standing there all along, but anyway, she was right next to the float in the street, and she was just hollering something. Maybe some of you heard her and understood what she was saying, but I don't know what she was saying. Um, But... What I did notice was that right about that time, someone was reading a scripture verse on the float that God knows every one of our thoughts. And I just praying that um, that, that young girl would have heard that scripture. And uh, I don't know what she was screaming. She wasn't happy with us, that's for sure. But, um, but. So it's, it's a good thing for us to remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all abiding within us. So, yes, he does know our thoughts. He knows everything we're doing. i mean, John fourteen fifteen. The Bible says here, if you love me, what? Keep my, Keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may what? Abide with you, Abide with you forever. And who is that comforter? If you get down to verse 26, but the comforter, which is who? The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Well, the older I get, the more I indeed I need him to bring those things to mind as, as our physical mind's struggle more as we age to remember things. um, The Holy Spirit is there to help us and we sure need his help. Um, But then if you look at verse twenty, John fourteen twenty, at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I am you, I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not into the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will what? Come unto him and make our what? Abode with him. So. All three members of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, abide in us. Let's look then in Romans chapter 8. That's the chapter we're really going through here. Romans 8 and verse 9. Romans 8, 9. The Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. Now, charismatic groups, people, like to ask professing Christians the question, Have you received the Spirit? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Well, what they're talking about is speaking in tongues. But they they don't understand that the book of Acts is a book of transition. And in the earlier chapters of the book of Acts, at times people were saved, and then later when the apostles came, would receive the Holy Ghost. And that was as Christ was building his church to help them realize that he was giving his word through the apostles. Um, They had the gifts of the apostles, and it was to establish the church. But you get toward the end of the book of Acts and in all the epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and on. Then you see that we're no longer in transition, that everyone who is saved at the moment of salvation receives the Holy Spirit. As it says here in verse 9, the last part of it. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. So... uh, You know, what the Charismatics are doing, their question, is not true doctrine. It's not correct doctrine. Because in this time, uh, the doctrine is established, and if someone is saved, they have the Holy Spirit. So to ask someone who professes to be saved, do you have the Spirit? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Um, is incorrect doctrine, because if they're saved... They have the Holy Spirit if they 're not saved, they do not so um, let 's look at verse six in romans eight six for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace so we 're looking at this matter. we want to be spiritually minded we do not want to be carnally minded and and carnal means fleshly, so we don't want to be fleshly minded we want a life of life and peace. But but the requirement for a a life of life and peace seems to the flesh to be contradictory. It seems to the flesh that it would never work. That's what the flesh thinks, Uh, because the Bible tells us to die to self, to die to the flesh. Whereas the flesh thinks it has the answer to really living. Notice in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 31, 1 Corinthians fifteen, thirty-one. Paul is speaking here, he says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I, what, die daily. Die daily. Now the flesh, the flesh hears that and the flesh thinks Well, that's not the way to happiness. To die daily? Well, that wouldn't be fun at all. Um, That wouldn't be a life of contentment and purpose if, if I have to die daily to the flesh and the desires of the flesh. The flesh doesn't understand it. I'll look back in Romans 10 again. Once again, you might want to mark your place here if you haven't already because we'll be back and forth. But in Romans 8 and verse 10... And if Christ be in you, the body is what? Dead because of sin. But the spirit is what? Life Life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. My wife bought me a book, Uh, a man wrote it who's an MD, and uh, he's held many other positions in his life as well, but it was interesting, when he was young, he seemed to always get in trouble in school. He would get in fights, Um, it doesn't sound like he did that well in school, and it doesn't sound like he had any plans to ever go to college, but... He had a desire to go into the military, and he had he had a desire, and he found out this later, to study things like biology. And so he he started, he went to college and started majoring in marine biology. And so he was going to be a marine biologist. He enjoyed um, diving and down in the water and so. As he was trying to pursue his college education then for marine biology, he needed work. And so there was another, he was in Texas, and there was another university not the same as he was in, not too far away that uh, needed some help. And uh, I forget what they called it at first, but he was wondering if he could get uh, some work in a pathology lab. Um, so anyway, he gets hired and what he finds out is that his job is going to be helping doctors do autopsies. So he starts working on dead bodies and they would tell him, cut out this part and hand it down to us so we can study it. And that's how he learned anatomy. The doctors there would tell him, um, this this is the pancreas. You know, this is the gallbladder. And he didn't know. And so so he's, he's doing surgery, and he's not a doctor, but it's always on dead bodies. And he said that was the downside of that, working on dead bodies and, um, you know, the things that accompany that, which would not be as pleasant as actually operating on someone who's alive and has hope of life to come. Um, but anyway, that's what got him going. Um, and so through, through working on dead bodies, he was focused on, on a new career to be a doctor. And he ended up becoming a doctor to three different presidents of the United States. And who would have ever thought that little boy who got in fights in school and really didn't care for school would ever become a doctor, let alone a doctor to three different presidents of the United States. So what got him going on his career was death, autopsies, working on dead bodies, and he was he was very thankful for his career and the accomplishments. So, but our flesh is the same way, you know. It's like death. How can anything good come out of death? And the flesh just doesn't see that at all. Um, let's go to Proverbs twenty three. Proverbs twenty three, and verse twenty nine. Proverbs 23, 29. Here is a big thing, and as I already mentioned, it's it's sad, but Cedar Springs has a, a brewery at the north end of town now. Um, does that really bring happiness to Cedar Springs? You know, it seems like for years and years, the, the city council of Cedar Springs was not really interested in seemingly and bringing businesses into the city and it just seemed like the the city didn't grow eventually it began to grow west just like greenville downtown tends to die out and uh, things grew west it's kind of the same in gaylord if you go up there everything new it seems like is out west i don't know what there is about going west but it seems like that's what happens with a lot of cities Uh, but a lot of people think that alcohol you know, makes their lives better. Um, it's sad, even in Myers, the there's a rack. It seems like it used to be devoted to Arnies. And now it seems like part of it is to beer city bakery. And um it's just it's really sad. Down on uh West River Drive, it seems like there's at least one brewery. There now it's this, it's this whole craft beer phenomena going on everywhere. And you got all these little breweries popping up all over the place. Is that improving people's lives? No. Proverbs 23, 29. Who hath what? Woe. Who hath what? Sorrow. Who hath what? Contentions. Who hath what? babbling who hath what wounds Wounds without cause who hath what redness Redness of eyes now what in that list do you desire because you think it would make you happier Um, do you desire woe in your life of course not do you desire sorrow to come into your life of course not do you desire contentions, fighting, and debating and bickering? Would that make you happy? No way. Do you desire babbling? Do you desire to say things that later you would regret saying? Of course not, because you can't take your words back. Uh, wounds without cause, wounds for no reason, wounds that could have been avoided. Do you desire? Do you think that would make you happy? course not. Redness of eyes. Well, not everyone has redness of eyes because of drinking. Um, that is a, a one result of drinking. But when we don't get enough sleep, we may have redness of eyes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I must have scratched one of my eyes in the night because I looked in the mirror in the morning and right below the colored part of my eye, it was all Bloodshot, and there's a scratch there. it took many days to to get over it um, so anyway verse twenty nine Nothing in this list would make us happy, and yet the flesh thinks that drinking alcohol makes life happier. Well look at that list: the flesh is wrong, isn't it? Flesh is wrong if we want to truly be happy. We need to say no to the flesh when it comes to alcohol. Look at verse 31. Look what? Not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. Uh, My grandpa Rector used to tease us young fellows. He would take us places sometimes and we would order, order soda pop with a meal and, He would say, now the Bible says when it moveth itself aright, you're not supposed to drink it. And he was only teasing us, but pop has the carbonated water, and so it bubbles. Well, when alcoholic drinks bubble, it's not because of carbonated water, but it's the fermentation that is doing it, making those bubbles. And so the Bible says not to look on drinks that are fermented Now, people like to drink pop for many reasons, Uh, and one of the reasons is because of the fizz. And I remember when I was younger, I drank a good deal of of pop, and I remember thinking that after drinking pop, water seemed so bland, so flat. Uh, And I, I was just used to drinking pop, and so water didn't seem all that appealing to me at that time and so i don't know if that's one reason why people like to drink alcohol there's probably lots of different reasons they think they want to drink it but maybe for some it's that maybe for the uh the fizz part it, i don't know i don't know you'd have to ask them i guess um so but but I remember drinking pop when I was working in construction and I was hot and I was very thirsty and I would drink down a can of pop like, you know, like that. And I would think, you know what? That didn't help my thirst. <laughs> it didn't quench my thirst. Uh, you know, I could feel all the fizz on my throat, but it, it did not quench my thirst at all. So, but when it comes to alcohol, it's, there's so many bad effects as we just read that list in verse 29 but um and the list goes on uh another thing could be added is verse 32 alcohol is bad for a person physically verse 32 at the last it biteth like what a serpent serpent, and stingeth like an adder so it's talking about the poison there a poisonous snake so you know if you drink too much water, you may feel what we would call waterlogged. Is uh, <laughs> oh, I can't I can't take another drink. Have you ever drank so much water just guzzled it right down and then you moved and you could hear it slosh in your stomach? <laughs> well, that's kind of the waterlogged I'm talking about right there. So, but you can drink as much water as you want and feel waterlogged and hear it slosh around and and you may feel just bloated you have so much water in your stomach but it's not going to harm you the water is not going to harm you but you can't say that about alcohol Um, alcohol too much alcohol is toxic you keep drinking alcohol just one right after another and you'll pass out and you might die if the alcohol level in your blood gets too high you can die not to mention the fact it's hard on the liver. Now I know sometimes people say wine is good for the heart. I can recall we were expecting one of our children and my wife's doctor, you know, recommended she drink a little wine. Uh, and here's the thing. we're talk, Wine is made out of grapes. It's alcoholic drink out of grapes. Now, we're not, I'm not talking about the scripture, the scripture uses the word wine in a generic sense. In Isaiah, it talks about wine in the cluster. So it's talking about grapes still on the vine, and it calls them wine. So it's a generic term for all products of the grapevine in the Bible. But but we're talking about alcoholic drinks today, what people would call wine. And you don't need to drink wine for your heart I've read about studies, you can have all the same benefits to the heart by drinking grape juice, especially, they say, red grapes or grapes that are dark in color are good for the heart. Now, why why would a doctor ever recommend that a patient drink alcoholic wine when we just read all the negative effects of it? Uh, when when he could recommend that a patient drink grape juice. Uh, Welch's grape juice would be much better than wine. It would be good for the heart, and you wouldn't have all the bad effects of alcoholic wine. So alcohol is bad for us physically. Number two, alcohol is bad for us spiritually. Look at verse 33. We're still in Proverbs 23, 33. It says, thine eyes shall behold, what? Strange women. women. And thine heart shall utter, what? Perverse things. things. So the flesh is already weak without any alcohol in it. Matthew 26, 41. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. So the flesh is already weak. Why compound its weakness spiritually? We get alcohol in us. It's going to uh, cause the mind, verse 33, to think immoral things or be more prone to think immorally. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and then thine heart shall utter perverse things. You get a little liquor in someone, and it's just like unlocking the tongue. The tongue just starts, as it says in verse 29, starts babbling, some some people, when they drink, get, are prone to be silly. Uh, but a lot of people, when they drink, are prone to be very vulgar with their mouths. So why add that to the flesh? Notice in Proverbs, or Romans, 13, Romans 13. Why would we help the flesh to make more mistakes? I mean, doesn't our flesh make enough mistakes? Without alcohol? Why would we want to add anything to it that would be harmful? That would be bad. Romans thirteen thirteen. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and what? Drunkenness. Not in chambering and what? Wantonness. Not in strife and envying, but... Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make what? Not provision for the flesh to fulfill what? The loss thereof. When we add alcohol to the flesh, it's just making provision for it uh, to make more mistakes. Brother Joe was talking about uh, the hunting trip and the menu. Okay, so... Did they have like pack mules or horses to truck? Okay. So, so the guides have the menu all made out for the hunters and they bring all of that provision, whether it was spaghetti, pork chops, uh, whatever it was, they make provision, they bring it, um, so there's something to eat. But we don't want to make any provision, verse 14, for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And adding alcohol to the flesh is just making provision for the flesh to make more mistakes than it already does. That's foolish, isn't it? We don't want to make provision for the flesh, and, and that is what alcohol does. It it's supplying the flesh with with ammunition, with food, with with energy to only make more mistakes. so um let's go to John twelve, John chapter twelve. so John chapter twelve. so the flesh the flesh hears the words. Um, the way to happiness is to die to self, and the flesh thinks that doesn 't make any sense at all John 1224 John 12:24 verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground, and what yeah. die it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Now, what would happen to us if we bought some corn down at the garden center toward town? Corn seed, kernels of corn. And what if we decided to each day from there on get out those corn seeds, polish each one up on a cloth, and just set them on a shelf? And just make sure every day we just polish those corn seeds up and and admire them. What would we get out of those corn seeds? Nothing. What has to happen to the corn? Verse 24, we have to put it in the ground and it dies. Except a corn of wheat. And we're, we're talking here about not our corn corn on the cob, we're talking about wheat. A corn of wheat is a a kernel of wheat. A corn of wheat, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So God has left us a picture. The seed, the seed to produce has to be willing to be humbled, has to be willing to be put down into the ground and covered up. No one knows then the seed is there. Unless you have a a line there marking the road in your garden. But even then, you don't know where each specific seed is. But that seed, because it's willing to be down in the ground and covered over, then can produce much fruit. And so the same with us. God says, die to the flesh. Don't even look at alcohol. That's what he says. Don't even look at it um and notice it back in Proverbs 23 Proverbs 23 and verse 35 Proverbs 23:35 This is the end result of alcohol and any sin that is addictive and and sin is addictive as we've seen many times John 8:34 whosoever committeth sin is what a servant of sin so sin is is always addictive but verse 35 they have stricken me shalt thou say and i was not sick they have beaten me and i felt it not when shall i awake i will what seek it yet again, seek it yet again. so whether you know whether it's the substance like into the nicotine and tobacco that that makes the flesh crave it you know we read even that um high-fructose corn syrup, I've read and heard, that it makes the flesh just want to consume more and more and more and more and more. I, I don't know any of the facts or the fallacies about that at all, but that's what I've read and heard many times. Uh, so I don't know in alcohol, uh, you know, once a person starts drinking it. I don't know all the physical effects that might uh, multiply the addictiveness of alcohol, but John eight thirty four, any sin is addictive by its nature. It makes us the slave. So the flesh thinks that Romans 8 dying to self the flesh thinks that'll never work dying to the flesh will never bring happiness that's what the flesh thinks but the flesh is what wrong in closing let's go to chapter 14 proverbs 14 proverbs 14 the flesh is wrong proverbs fourteen twelve. there is a way which what seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are what the ways of death death. so the flesh is wrong and so we don't we we want to die to the flesh we don't want to make any provision for the flesh that will help it ruin us and destroy us we want to yield to the Lord. let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your word And Lord, I pray that you would help us because it's easy for us um, to get into the same mode as the world when we fall prey to the reasoning of the flesh. And Lord, we know the flesh is always going to try to convince us that it knows best and it knows the way for us to really be the happiest But we know, Lord, that the flesh is wrong and that the way to happiness is to die to the flesh. And then we realize the many blessings that you have for us. So, Lord, please protect us from the world, the flesh, and the devil, all those three enemies of ours that try to bring us down every day. Lord, help us to die to self, and to yield our lives to you. Lord, we long for a great awakening, a great revival. May you start that in each of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.